Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to another episode of the Attacking Scrum podcast. And we've got a real treat for you this evening, making, uh, well, I don't know what, his second appearance in six months, the man who is very quickly becoming the Sam Warburton of the Attacking Scrum podcast, the man <laughs> who we hold back for the big games. We look after his fitness. We don't want to overwork him because he's too busy training too damn hard. It's Dan Killick. How are you, Dan? Very good, Chad. Yes, the, the benefits of being on a central contract with the attacking scrub <laughs> being very very well looked after i'm just trying to think of what you do share in common with uh with sam warburton oh a hell to... of a lot i think yeah do you think no i'm not i'm not sure mate i'm not sure yeah i think you're much more of a i think you're more of a gavin henson you've been sidelined because of disciplinary issues but you're just too good a natural talent we just have to keep coming back to you that sounds about right doesn't it a few misdemeanors <laughs> bit of bit of bit of talent that's it. I've, yeah, I feel like maybe you're Henson towards the end of his career now. And you've uh, you've grown you've grown up a bit, but um, every now and again you just see one of those little magical glimpses. So hopefully we'll get a few of those uh, on the pod I'll this evening. <laughs> and we've got plenty to talk about down. Of course, we've had more Pro 14 action this weekend uh, with all four regions in action, and we'll be looking uh, closely at those in the first half. And in the second half of the show, we're going to switch attention to look at Wales. Wayne Pivak announcing. A well, a, a very interesting squad, and we'll be getting to grips with that. Plus, we've got some listeners' questions towards the end of the show as well. Where do you want to begin, Dan? You choose. You're the guest. Let's uh, let's hear it. Where do you where do you want to start uh, with regards to the Pro 14? Which region? Should we start with the Cardiff Blues game? <laughs> <laughs> sure. For a man who doesn't support Cardiff, Dan, it's funny how when you're pushed for time, the only game you'll have seen in a weekend will be Cardiff Blues. Why is that? Alphabetical. Cardiff Blues <laughs> first, yeah. And uh, 
we'll move on to we'll, we'll we'll move on to the other regions. There might be a fair few questions coming in for you on the other ones. I think. Well, no but, worries. Um, let's, let's start with you then. I I thought that was a pretty good win, and I thought that could have been a banana skin. As I said last week, I thought Connacht had been playing pretty well. It looked a little dicey at certain points for Cardiff Blues, but in the end, pretty strong all round performance. Yeah, it was a good, you know, it was a good win, wasn't it? 29-7. Um, built on a massively strong, strongly defensive uh, performance, wasn't it? Really, really aggressive from from Cardiff Blues. Not, we haven't seen this this side of uh, of Cardiff Blues before, have we? You know, I sat back watching it. I was thinking, this is this is different. They 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 were they were really really up for it to a, to you know to a man in defence, weren't they? There was still a number of errors, you know. It was quite error-strewn, wasn't it, throughout the game? And I thought that Cardiff played sort of all right rugby at times, but the defence was the defence was outstanding. It, it it was a bit of a it wasn't a brilliant game, but um, but a fantastic fantastic scoreline really. Yeah, it was. I think to be fair to Cardiff as well, you know, we all know what they're capable of in terms of running with ball in hand and. I suppose the tendency is to been has been for me anyway at times to think perhaps they're flat track bullies and they're okay if they're you know it's a fast open game and they're able to play the way they want to play. But I think it's pretty encouraging the fact that they were able in in both these games they've been able to to pull something out of the bag which perhaps is not the prettiest, but they've been able to to do some of the grunt work and get over the line and pick up pick up points two from two. That's you know they're. Mulvey Hill will undoubtedly be pleased with that. Oh, he will be, yeah. He'll be delighted with it, won't he? And yeah, that's a tough they're tough games, aren't they, against Connacht? As you as you alluded to, they've been playing they've been playing well, aren't they? They're a difficult side to break down. They always bring good level of physicality, don't they? And they can they can shift the ball about as well. So Cardiff Cardiff Blues stuck, you know, stuck on them. And um I thought in the first twenty they needed to look after the ball a fair bit more. So mm. they'd, they'd do something very, you know, do something nice. But then they, they, there was sort of very soft turnovers taking place in the first 20, which was frustrating. But they tightened that up a little bit. Um, but yeah, it was just all, it was all about the, de- the, the defensive performance, wasn't it? And, you know, Pack, uh, Pack had a big, uh, you know, big, uh, big game, didn't they? Front row held out fairly well. Dylan Lewis, Dylan Lewis was all over the park. I thought he had a, a fantastic game with the loose, but he usually does, doesn't he? And he did he did pretty well in the up front as well in the scrum. So yeah, good good win for the Blues and some 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 big performances from a number of the players. I thought Jim Botham had a cracker. The more I watch him, the more impressed I get with him actually. He's got uh yeah, he's got seemingly he's got everything. I th- I like how strong he is over the ball. Love his ball carrying, great athletic player. I he he's seems to be cementing that place as his own. It's something of a new look back row for Cardiff, but you start to look at it on paper and think two players you can't leave out, Shane Lewis-Hughes and Jim Botham. They're, they're both in very, very good form and they're both massive talents. They are huge talents, the pair of them, yeah. And um, you know, Shane Lewis-Hughes has been well documented, isn't it, that he hits hard and, and carries very, very well. But Botham is... <laughs> He's not far behind, is he? I, I watched him quite closely during this game, and he—he—it doesn't look like there's a huge amount of him, but he hits very hard. He hits hard, knocks them back. 
you know, tries to get a few, a few, uh, a few holdups as well. He's a nuisance, a uh, good link man as well. So I think Cardiff Blues would be delighted with the the balance in the back row because that was something that I say a lot of Cardiff Blues fans were probably quite concerned about, uh, especially with Ellis Jenkins being you know being out as well. But it's it's it couldn't be going better, could it, at the moment? The big the bigger concern for me because you know as much as Ellis Jenkins is a wonderful player and as you know I'm a, I'm a massive massive fan of his. They have got some wonderful options in the back row, particularly when it comes to, I guess, what you call fetches. My biggest concern for them was going to be how they replace the ball carrying of Nick Williams. And that seems to be that between both them and, and Shane Lewis-Hughes, and to be fair, the tight five themselves, I think they've, they've started to show that they've got some more options in there than perhaps some people would have thought. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fair. I just... I, I think that um, with Ellis Jenkins, obviously not not known for being a, a huge carrier, but it's just this it's his all round it's his all round game, isn't it? And the way he can slot in in different positions that he would be a you know he's a big loss, isn't he? With especially especially with Nick Williams going, but yeah, sec, the second rows have uh, have gone very well, haven't they? In these uh, in these first two games, and I think how many times have we said it that Corey Hill makes a big difference to to any side he plays in, doesn't he? Just gets them thinking. Thinking differently, he's a really think. He's a thinking man, second row, isn't he? And you can just see him constantly chirping all the way through the game. And he's um, he looks to be integral to them already, which we kind of knew, didn't we? But yeah, he's great, great player. Great I don't signing. want to talk. I don't want to talk about it, Dan. It, Sorry, as, as, as I've said before, <laughs> it very much feels like watching your girlfriend go back to her ex. And oh. uh, that, that's, uh, I'm afraid that's just, that's just the way I feel about it. But he is, uh, yeah, he's a wonderful player. And we've said before that the tight five was an area that they, they needed to improve upon. And to be honest, as much as, you know, as much as I rate Corey and I think he's wonderful, I think what it, what it does show is that, because I, I really thought that Cardiff needed more niggle in the, in the front five. And on paper, you look at Seb Davis and Corey Hill next to each other, and you think actually that's a very athletic second row. But perhaps it's perhaps it's lacking in a bit of the you know the out and out bastard that I look for in a in a second row. But I think really actually it just goes to show how much of the donkey work Corey Hill does, and and the positive effect that's having on Seb Davis as well. The two of them look very good together. Yeah, nice nice pairing there, isn't it? Seb Davis looks looks like he's he's bulked up to me. Looks looks a looks like he's put a put a few pounds on. Put a bit of timber on. He had a good, I thought he played well. But he had a good game, good solid game. And um yeah, the scrum the scrum held up fairly well, didn't it? Because they're not the they're not the heaviest of second row second row pairings and, and same as the, the, the back row then as well. Nick what Nick you know, Nick Williams would give a fair bit of grunt, wouldn't he, in, in terms of weight coming through from, from eight. So yeah, Cardiff Blues would be delighted with uh, with this, this start. Bigger tests will await, of course. Uh, you know, I, I, as much as I say it was a, a potential banana skin at home to Connacht, you know, zebra away. They're, they're both games that I think Mulvey Hill will have been looking at and targeting a win and fair play to them. They've got that. But yeah, I think some, some stiffer uh, tests await, particularly when there's going to be a lot of rugby played without your internationals. So the likes of Corey Hill uh, and Dylan Lewis, who you've mentioned there, will be missing. And then, you know, you've got the likes of Carey, who, who came off the bench as well. He's going to be in the Wales squad too. So we will concentrate more on that Wales squad in the, in the second half of the show. But I know you're on a very tight schedule tonight, Dan, and it's good of you to squeeze us into it. So uh, 
uh, we're going to move on and talk about the other regions now. Where do you want to head to next? Let's go. Let's go to the dragons. Dragons. Oof. Right. Dragon zebra. Yeah, not a spectacle. It has to be said. A a win and a bonus point win. To be fair, is is definitely what was required on paper. These are the kind of games that we've said on the pod in recent weeks that. Dragons have to be winning if they want to put together a good season. And to be fair, they did that. It was not pretty at times. There was a lot. Tough of, watch. There was lots of very, very simple errors, particularly behind the uh, behind the scrum. And I felt like two of the most reliable players uh, that the Dragons have had in the last the last season or so, Rodri Williams and Sam Davis, had mixed bags of games. There was some good stuff. There was also some very simple errors in there, which you don't expect from those two because they're very experienced. Both players who people had been suggesting should have been in the Wales squad or certainly had a, a good chance of getting in there. And I didn't think they had their finest games. I mean, Sam Davis missed four off the tee, which is very, very unlike him. And yeah, I felt like, I felt like Roger Williams didn't have his finest game either. And I think if those two halfbacks aren't, necessarily performing not to to pin all the blame on them it just has a knock-on effect across the rest of the back line and so that was diff that was a bit difficult on the plus side Jamie Roberts was outstanding and I just think that actually we're gonna have to go back to a very simple game plan and get Roberts on the ball and crashing over the game line because whenever he did get a half decent pass towards him he smashed through defenders he scored a try and was quite rightly awarded the man of the match so that is something that I think is very encouraging the hunger still seems to be there very much amongst him how did the forwards fare up I think there was a much better balance in the back row in my opinion again I think I mentioned this on last week's pod that as much as I'm a big fan of Harry Keddy I see him as a six or an eight and not a seven and I know sometimes it doesn't matter what number you wear on your back but I do think you need a balance in the back row and particularly the way the the laws are interpreted at the breakdown now, I think you can really benefit if you've got a player who's able to steal ball and Tane Basham is definitely more in that vein than, than Harry Keddy is. So I, I much preferred the balance of the back row uh, with how they went. So yeah, Moriarty, Basham and uh, and Keddy, I thought I thought they'd... They did well. I think Screech and Davis is our best second row pairing. And uh, yeah, so I, I, I thought actually the forwards put in a, a much better shift than they did against Leinster. Um, but it was more just lots of basic errors. And that was that was kind of from 1 to 23, really. Lots of players making lots of errors. And it's frustrating. And as you know, I'm, I've been really impressed with the work that Dean Ryan's done. And generally, I think the Dragons are moving in the right direction. But it would have been nice to have a bit of a statement win where things started to click, which, you know, I don't think you could call it a statement win. But bonus point win, that's what they needed. And, yeah, I think some pretty, some pretty rigorous training awaits. Yeah, as you said, it's very difficult, isn't it, to get a great deal going when, when you're 9 and 10 are slightly... Um... Slightly off song, then you can't yeah. get a huge amount going through and, and through the forwards say, or the backs. So. Definitely, and I will say that it's uh, you know it, it is certainly by no means their fault, but I think it just goes to show how important both of those players are for the Dragons. That uh, you know, I think they're the the first and second names on the team sheet. Really, they just need you know if if Sam Davis gets injured, then I think things will get very very tricky for the Dragons. And Roger Williams isn't far behind that. I think some of the you know some of the other options at nine. I think Baldwin can be quite a good uh, impact player when he comes 
comes on. But in terms of game management, they're very reliant on Williams and Davis. And if those two make mistakes, which they have tended not to do in the last year, then it does have that knock-on effect for the for the rest of the side. But bonus point win is a bonus point win. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely... Uh, yeah, it definitely wasn't pretty, but the the result was what was required. Okay, so we've got two bonus points wins then, Cardiff Blues and the Dragons. Let's move on to the Scarlets. This is nice to hear you hosting, Dan. It's nice to see you driving this. I like it. Let's, this. Uh, <laughs> it's an automatic at the moment. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, let's, let's move on to Scarlets. Blimey. Uh, a, a game of two halves, really. They were absolutely atrocious in the first, and... It's very, very strange how blunt they look in attack. They've yeah, this is so. This is this is odd, isn't it? It is. It's not what we've come to expect from the well, just generally from from Scarlets in their existence and Clenetley before that. You know, it's a it's a part of the world where they pride themselves on playing running rugby, and this is very, very. Uh, you know, it's almost like Sam Allardyce rugby that they're playing. It's it's Route One, sending lots of one up runners. They've got a big pack now, which we've said before is is in theory you know it's, it's perhaps an area that they haven't had before and, and I like Callum Afoni I thought he had another good game he's very very direct and, and made some great carries but I, I found it very very strange because they they got isolated on occasions you know Frank Murphy was you know he's not my favorite ref but he was very quick to to penalize at the breakdown and Scarlets weren't able to cope with that if they were sending players up they weren't committing enough men to the rucks and after four or five phases of having ball in hand, they got picked off and they either coughed the ball up or gave away a penalty. So in the first half, they were very, very poor. They actually played their best rugby, I think, when they went down to 14 men. Sam Losey got sent off and uh, I don't know. I, I feel like it almost broke the game up a bit and I get the feeling that those players want to be playing more of a, uh, with more of a broken game, you know. They And their natural skill sets would lead you to believe that. We know what, you know, Gareth Davis is an arch poacher and Patchell came off the bench. We know that he loves to run and goes through gaps. Steph Evans loves a bit of broken play. It almost just feels like it's very strange when you've got that back line and you're just trying to crash over the game line the whole time. Yeah, the tactics, the tactics are quite perplexing, aren't they? I mean, you would have thought that the Scarlets didn't need to, didn't, didn't really need to change anything. The, the pack, the pack just being more, you know, more direct, more powerful. I suppose more efficient. They look like a real, a real handful. They're not mm. going to be bullied by, by any side really. They haven't been bullied by any side, uh, you know, this year so far. They don't really. They didn't really need to change a great deal, did they? Because that, that, that sort of, uh, they've got a number of enforcers there. They would just, they would just benefit the way, the way in which we know. Um, and like, you know, to Scarlet's really, isn't it? It's, it's, it's a bit, it's really baffling. It is. And I certainly wouldn't have been looking to change the, the style of play. You know, the, the rugby that's in the, the Scarlet's DNA, I think, is what they should be looking to play. And, and they looked much more threatening when they were doing that. You know, I think Glasgow didn't really struggle. You know, they, the Scarlet didn't score a point in the first half. And it kind of showed because it was very, very predictable. And when they did try, you know, a few moves out the back, it uh, it was lacking, and they were knocking the ball on, coughing up errors. Set piece was very, very poor in the first half. The line out was Glasgow were very, very happy to kick ball away, challenge at the line out, and 
fifty percent of the time they're able to disrupt the ball. So it's... it sounds as if it's on. Do you think it's almost like when the when um, Lousy was sent off, the Scarlets went back to potentially went back to playing a game that they actually know and, and like, and they played better. Yeah, I don't know whether it was you know whether it was an intentional decision or the the game plan was to try and keep it tight for the first fifty minutes and then and then try and open up. But it did feel like once the once they went down to fourteen, you know, you're never you're never going to be able to control a game when you've got fourteen men and you've got to think a little bit differently. So I don't know whether it was that or or it was kind of pre planned. But there's lots to think about. There's a lot more questions than answers, I would say, at this stage with Glenn Delaney. He certainly wouldn't want to start the season none from two. And you know he's got, he's got a wonderful squad of players there. We've said before that is the strongest squad amongst squad. the regions, and it's going to be it's going to be very interesting now because they will be losing their inter, their internationals more internationals than any other region, and they're going to have to find some results. But at the same time, I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to write him off because, as you and I remember, Dan, when we started doing the podcast, we had a very similar thing with a certain Wayne Pivak in charge of the Scarlets and. They were really, really struggling and they managed to get, you know, I think they went like the first five games of that season on, uh, without a win. And then they managed to string a few ugly wins together when the internationals were away and they went on and won the league that year. So, <laughs> you know, strange strange things can happen in this league. And yeah, they're, they're just, they're going to have to start playing a, a lot better. I just, I, the thing that I do struggle with is why they're trying to, is why they're just trying to play so direct when they've got players who are capable of a hell of a lot more. Totally with you. I think uh, the, the fixes the fixes should be quite quick, really. So, hope, yeah, hopefully they are. Hopefully they are. You know, I just want to see. I want to see more from from the Scarlets as we all do, um, and and get back to what we know they can do. So, hopefully that comes through sooner rather than later. What about the okay. Ospreys then? Should we have a look at that? Oh, go on. You were, you were all there oh, ready to go I for was, it, weren't you? I, mean, I was. Yeah, I was in the outside lane then. I feel like Dan at that at that point I'm like the uh, I'm like the second row who stepped in at acting halfback, and you've come back in with a nine on your shirt. You're like get get down there, get out of the way, <laughs> you fat ass. Get, get get your hands get your hands off the ball. I'm driving this. That's it. Yeah, I just give your hands a little kick. A little, yeah, a okay, slap yeah. on the back. Going if I want you, it's carrying the ball. Yeah, slap on the backside. <laughs> um, yeah, Ospreys then. Oh. Yeah, bad uh, bad result for them and not a particularly inspiring performance. Uh, I think what's disappointing is that there was so much, uh, so much kind of enthusiasm off the back of the win in Scotland that that would have come as a as a real bit of a a real bit of a blow. I think the general consensus amongst Osprey's fans is that uh, you know things are on the up and it is again you know a new coach, a lot of new players and it looks like it's going to be a stronger season. And let's be honest, it, it couldn't have got any worse or it certainly shouldn't have got any worse than it was last season. But uh, yeah, n- certainly not the result they would have wanted. They didn't look particularly uh, particularly threatening with ball in hand. I thought at times the defence was good, particularly at the start of the second half. There was a bit more intensity. But uh, yeah, I suppose the, the encouraging thing was that they were still in the game uh, despite not playing particularly well. But uh, yeah, Ulster very much the the better side, and it will it will be disappointing for Toby Booth because it sucked away the momentum that the that the win on the first day of the season would have given them. He seemed bitterly disappointed in the in the press conference afterwards. 
his whole body language seemed quite seemed quite dejected. But I actually think that the, the, they did, you know, the Ospreys, they weren't that far away, were they, from Ulster? And Ulster are a really, a really decent side, aren't they? So um, hopefully the Ospreys can still take a fair bit from that. Yeah, and again, there was some there were some good individual performances. The more I watch of Morgan Morris, the more I like him. I think that's exactly what the Ospreys have been missing is someone who's a, a dynamic ball carrier at eight. And again, he's young, so I think he's got a huge amount of a huge amount of uh, potential that is yet to be realised. And generally, I've liked Myler. I didn't think it was necessarily his best game, but they've definitely benefited from having some experience at ten. Reese Webb didn't have his best game, but again, he did show though he did show what a class act he was the week before, which again is encouraging not only for the Ospreys but also for Wales. The thing that I would be a bit concerned by is if you go back two seasons or three seasons, maybe we said a number of times how reliant the Ospreys were on having Alan Wynne Jones, Justin Tipperick, and Dan Bigger, and I feel like they're kind of in that same mould now. It's going to be what they need to do is to make sure that when when they're without, uh, they're without Alan Wynne Jones and Tipperick, they've got players who are able to step in and and do the the roles that those guys can do, and and that would be a, a little bit of a concern for me because, again, I, I think we saw some big performances from from both those players, but it's it's a question mark now as to who can step in and and do those roles, and I hope they've got the people there to do it. Yeah, I think I think with the Ospreys, it could be quite difficult to build. Uh, to build consistency this season, I feel like there's going to be some some decent some decent wins whenever when everything clicks and the right the right guys are there. But there'd also be some 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 losses, you know, quite a few losses in there as well because they are they are threadbare, aren't they? In, in areas, and we know they're not the same when a number of uh, number of the key players aren't involved, and they're also uh, trying out trying out different players, aren't they? Um, I mean, Myler, you know, Myler had a decent game, didn't he, the week before? But it, it's, I, I, I doubt you could sort of, you can build the game, you know, sort of fully, fully around him for the whole season. Then, I think that there is, there is going to be something more needed, isn't there, than than Myler, surely. Uh, my only concern with Myler really is the fact that he's 35 or 36 years old and I think you're asking a lot yeah. of a guy that age to play That's that much I mean. rugby the, the, bad, the real bad news is that Anscombe's going to miss the whole season because I think the initial theory or the initial way of thinking was that Myler would hold the fort until Anscombe is ready to play again and that's not going to be this season so I wouldn't be surprised if Mike Ruddock et al are kind of scouring some leagues around the world looking for uh, looking for another ten who's available to come and uh, to come and pull on an Ospreys jersey because I think it is a lot to to rely on. A lot is thought about the uh, uh, about the the lad who came off the bench at Josh Thomas. Uh, I, I know he he's yeah. held in he's held in high regard. I think he's a very bright prospect and someone who they will be looking to at certain points. But again, you're asking a lot to try and throw a youngster in there. And we saw last season when they were trying to rely on Luke Price and and Kai Evans at 10 that they just did not have the experience in there. So 10 is ten is going to be an interesting one for them. I wouldn't say I'm, you know, I'm overly concerned at Myler because I think he's going to be exactly the kind of level head that you need to get through these tough periods when the internationals are away. But yeah, in, in the long run, it's a lot to ask from a 35-year-old to play uh, He's just going to need support, isn't he? He's going. It can't purely be on him, can it? So, 
yeah, they need they need somebody coming in quickly. But the young guy, um, yeah, he's a lot of people are talking about him, aren't they? So quite yeah. uh, quite excited to see more of him. To be honest, even if 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 there isn't another ten coming on board. Yeah, it is. It is exciting. And again, I think that is something that the, the Ospreys, are, we, we've become very, you know, we're very used to it for a number of years of seeing those exciting youth talent come through and star for the Ospreys. You know, I'm, I mean, if you think about the, the number of players they've produced for Wales since they, since they came into existence, it's more prolific than any other side. And it's been good to see some of those talents coming through. I think Kieran Williams is another one who's going to be very, very exciting. He's, you know, he's shown glimpses already, and I know he's a he's a little bit older than I than I keep remembering because he's not played that much consistently. But he's starting. Yeah, he to is. Really is he twenty three, twenty four. Twenty. I think he's twenty three. Yeah. So he's. Yeah. You know, he's a player who's not played a huge amount of uh, of Pro fourteen rugby at that age, and but he's you know he's very very encouraging. Yeah, say young outside half. Uh, then you've got. Um, uh, you've got Harry Morgan at, at, um, at Scrum Half as well, who's another bright talent. T and Thomas Wheeler, these kind of players. So they, I think they're going to get a lot of game time. And, you know, hopefully Keelan Giles will be able to stay fit for, a, for an extended period of time as well. It'd be great to see him. But something that I think was a bit was a real frustration for the Ospreys, and we'll finish here before we move on to, uh, to the second half of the show, was that we know they've got talent in the outside backs. And you've got Luke Morgan on one wing and Matt Prothero on the other and they didn't really see much of the ball at all, and that will definitely be a frustration because they were both they were both very very threatening the week before against Edinburgh. So, so yeah, plenty to work on for the Ospreys. Um, a disappointing result, but you know, again, tough tough times will await around the corner when they when they're shorn of a few internationals. But I do think Toby Booth's a good coaching appointment, and I think that that they will definitely have a better season. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm just another point on Prothero. I really like the look of, of, of him. I um, I think we'll we'll see him in a Welsh ship, uh, not before too long. I hope so. It, it pains me watching uh, watching the Welsh lads pull on England under twenty jerseys. So, uh, yeah, I um, I hope he's he's excited about playing for Wales. But that does kind of tear us up quite nicely to talking about the Wayne Pivak selection because there's plenty of uh, plenty of talking points within that so we're going to do that but first we're going to have this very very quick break Right, time now to look ahead to the Wales Autumn campaign, which I don't know about you, Dan, but it feels like this is going to run from it's going to run from mid October through till about June next Forever. year. Forever, <laughs> it is. But the first milestone in that mark is uh, that Wayne Pivak named his squad this uh, this Tuesday, and you know the the Six Nations squad raised a few eyebrows. I think people were perhaps expecting a little bit more of a settled squad this time round, and it has been another squad full of talking points. What did you make of it? I like the squad actually. I think he's he's gone for a, a form, isn't he? You know, putting in Callum Sheedy, Yoan Lloyd, Johnny Williams. Uh, I, I think 
I'm, I was delighted. I was just, I was hoping that those boys were going to be included. And, um, and they are. And listening to you on the pod over the last few weeks, I think you're probably in the same camp as me, aren't you, on this? Generally speaking, I thought it's a very, very exciting squad. Oh, um, generally speaking. Well, there's a couple of, I mean, I've not seen enough from Johnny Williams to suggest that he's a form player yet. Uh, I think... I love the look of him. Do you? I, I'm, yeah. I'm, just not, I'm just not sure yet. I don't know if it's because he's being asked to do a very direct role in in the Scarlet side at the moment, which we obviously discussed in the first half. But I I don't know if I'm... if I'm. I, I think that selection has been on the fact that Pivak is clearly a big admirer. He tried to get him to come to Scarlet's when he was in charge down there. And he rates him very highly. Uh, but again, yeah, there's quite know, a lot going off what he what he's done what he's done previously, isn't there? And I think what he can do in system plays built like in the Welsh setup. Yeah, and I'll be I'll be keen to see I'll be keen to see more of him. I'm I'm by no means writing him off, but uh yeah, I, I think uh I probably wouldn't necessarily describe it as a as a form play. I think that one's more on the potential and the fact that he is a player who's got ability at international level, and obviously England were were sniffing around him, and and he's, you know, in fact he has he's, he has played, albeit an uncapped game for England. So I'm I'm very very confident that he is going to be of international level, but I think that one's built a bit more on on what Wayne Pivak knows about him. The Callum Sheedy one was a no brainer for me. Had to get him in that squad. It's tough on Jared Evans. It's tough on Sam Davis, but we know what they're capable of. We know that, you know, I think it's more important for Sam Davis to concentrate on playing well for the Dragons. And we know that he is a, you know, he's a good kicking 10. You know, there is more to him than that. But, and he has got a degree of international experience. He's just got to keep, I think he's just got to keep working. Sheedy, I think, has has bags and bags of potential. It's about nurturing. Right, he's the informed 10, isn't he? I think he is. Yeah, I, I think he, he, it's hard to deny that. He, he's, he is... He's probably number one, isn't he? Um, and in that English Premiership, there, there's a lot of good tens. There's there's a, there's a serious amount of uh, amount of talent, isn't there? And he's he's I suppose he's consistently delivering as well, isn't he? Really. So yeah, he, he had to, he he had to be in there, but I think it was still. I was delighted when he did get named because mm. how many times have we had Welsh squads where? You know it, that it hasn't. You know the, the the players that are playing so well haven't been haven't been picked. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And as we mentioned last week and a few weeks ago, the prospect of him of letting him slip through and play for either England or Ireland it would be absolutely unforgivable. You know, we're not talking about a, a Welsh qualified player here. We're talking about a boy who's Cardiff born and bred. So yeah, because he he, he played call. with Johnny Williams, didn't he? In the uh, he's he's, he's He's played for England as well, isn't he? In the NCAP game, he no, he's played under twenties. I think. Oh, was it under twenties? Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Maybe you're right. Yeah, I you might he... be right there, Dan. I, I was there actually on the day, and I can't remember now. But I thought he'd played, but he was uh... definitely named in that squad. But I can't yeah. remember whether he whether he played that day. You might well be right. So, yeah, it's um, it is it's doubly good from that point of view. But I've no doubt that he's he's good enough to play international rugby. The question I've got for you though is. Jared Evans, I think, has, been, has played very well in these first two games for, for Cardiff Blues. And he, I, I'm a big fan of his... Another good game yesterday. Another good game yesterday, perhaps showing a bit more of the kind of, not just the 
the the open running rugby that we love to see from him, but also a bit more game management. If Jared Evans was playing behind Bristol's pack, would we all be absolutely purring and saying that the the Welsh side has to be built around him? Kind of in a way that that we're all purring about about Sheedy. Yeah, it's a good, vague question. We we quite possibly, quite possibly we we would be, and that's that's why we have to that's why we have to put him in the in the setup, don't we? See how he see how he fares up, um, and. He can't really do any more than he's doing, can he, at the moment? So I just think we need to, moving forward, we now need to give more players an opportunity. Some will some will deliver and some won't. But, you know, there's, there's so much talent out there, isn't there? I just want to see us bring in, bring in the guys that are in form a little bit quicker and um, not sort of wait, you know, until they're, uh, I, I suppose wait really until they're they're slightly off they're off songs when they're when they're in their absolute peak like you know Louis Rissamit I mean he was he should he should have been capped previously shouldn't he and if we don't pick them when they're at, when they're absolutely on fire for them like it's almost like what's the point but go I'm going off topic there slightly yeah I think if I think if we do, if we put um, if we put Jared Evans in 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 that Bristol. In that Bristol side, he'd, I think he'd look very, very good. Yeah, no, it was just a, just a thought that kind of popped into my head. But uh, yeah. But it's his it's game, a... man. I think what's impressive with Sheedy, isn't it, is it's his game management as well. So he's, he's, he's got, you know, he's got the offload, he's got the short pop game, you know, range of passing, uh, plays, you know, links the forwards in quite nicely. So when they play off, off him, off 10, off nine, and, you know his kicking game's going well as well, so he he just he just has to, he just had to be given his chance, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely agree. The interesting one for me, and I know we discussed this on last week's pod, was the selection of the third choice nine. Now I said I'd have been going down that same route of looking at those players in the Premiership, and I'd have had you know I think I think it's fair to assume that Randall doesn't want to play for Wales, and I get that, but. Varney, I think, is a different question. Now, I've seen him get called up by Italy now, and I wonder whether we're going to regret that because this autumn, more than ever, we've got so many bloody fixtures. If you get him in, see see what he's capable of, get him capped, Italy can't have him, and it just it just builds depth. It builds depth. Ideally, he comes back to Wales. Now, he's, he is, realistically, he's going to get capped by Italy and he's lost to us forever, and that is a... That I think is a is a massive blow, you know. Even if he even if he got on for ten minutes and and was then capped, even if he never played again, uh, at least at least we're not going to lose him to another country. I know that sounds cruel, but I think you've got to be, you've got to be quite cut it, you know, quite cutthroat about this. And the opportunity to try and bring him back to Wales as well as uh, as well as seeing what he's capable of at an international level and rewarding the form that he's showing in the in the English Premiership, I think is a bit of a is a bit of a missed opportunity. Yep, I think Varney's uh, from you know from what I've seen of him, he certainly looks good enough, doesn't he? And that is that does seem to be a missed opportunity. I mean, Hardy's he's got the nod, isn't he? But his time could have he he could have um, you know he could have been selected maybe maybe later on. I think he's I think he's been playing well, but I don't think anybody would have. Uh, you know, would have had had complaints over over uh, an inclusion of Varney in there, really. Yeah, what I would say with 
with Kieran Hardy, to be honest, is I, I think he's a, I think he's an excellent player and I think he's a really good prospect actually. And again, big respect to him for for going away, playing championship rugby for a while, getting a bit getting a bit of experience and recovering his form, coming back to Wales and playing for the Scarlets and earning his call up. I've got maximum respect for that. To be honest, I probably would have gone four scrum halves in the squad. It's a long old autumn and I would have had Varney in there as well. But uh, yeah, so I, it's definitely to take nothing away from Kieran Hardy because I think he's a he's a really, really talented player. And, and again, it's something different to, to the other scrum halves, I think. There is a niggliness to him that I quite like and... He, you know, he is a, he's a strong lad as well as being a, as well as being a talented ball player. So, yeah, you know, I've certainly got no problem with his inclusion. All all I'm suggesting is from a longer term picture, I think it is a blow to lose Varney to to Italy. Yeah, it's a good point you make about the four scrum I would have gone with four as well, actually, because this is this is lengthy, isn't it? Mm. And it's not like um, you know, your, your nines are the nines are out and out nines, aren't they? It's not like you can draft in, you know. Let's pick. Let's take Johan Lloyd, for instance. You know, he can play mm. can play outside half or full back. You know, Patchell can play a number of positions. We've got we've got players that can play. We're in not in positions. France. We're not in France where you can have a ten play at nine. Let's all calm down here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I um I I would have taken four, and then that would have uh, that would have got him got him in cat got him involved as well, wouldn't it? But there we it are. Would. It's not wasn't wasn't to be. No, it was not. And and then the other the other big talking point for me is I really can't get my head around the Elliot D exclusion. Now, I you know, as as you know, we've had Elliot on a couple of times and he's he's been really good to give up his time and he's always a really nice guy to deal with. But I'd like to think I I can be pretty balanced with this and, and kind of take away any dragon's allegiance. But I struggle for me he's comfortably the second best hooker in Wales. There's no way he's the fourth best. That does not make sense to me. Yeah, I I, I messaged Elliot after I saw the after I saw the squad and you know, I just said to him for what it's for you know, for what it's worth. Um, I think it's the it's it's the wrong call. You know, he he's got to feel particularly hard done by with that, isn't he, Jeff? I mean, he should be there. The thing really I should really the should thing be I there. Can't, I can't fathom is what you know. I, I know. You might be listening to this thinking, on the one hand, you've got you're talking about picking scrum halves to play ten minutes just so you don't cap them. But I think with Hooker, he's proven to be of international class. He's never let Wales down. He's done so much time on the bench during that with sixteen on his back. Never lets you down. I, I know he's playing in a Dragons pack that struggled, particularly in Leinster. But I don't think that was his fault. The line out was horrendous. But as you said before, the line out is a you know is a group thing. It's not just on the Hooker. And that's the thing that I find I find really really strange is how he could slide. If he wanted to experiment and go, do you know what? I'm going to take a different I'm going to take a different hooker, and I want to bring Sam Parry in because he's a massive guy and it gives me another ball carrying option. Again, I'd have no problem with that, but I would have I would have said that Parry would get the nod over Elias, who I think is a neat and tidy player. Again, I think he can do a job at international level, but I don't I don't think he's anywhere near as good as Elliot D is. And um, yeah, it's a it, it's a real strange call for me. Yeah, tough, tough call. That that's um, that is a strange that is a strange one. When I saw that, I did feel particularly hard uh, done by for, for Elliot D. But yeah, odd. Anyone else in the squad before we move on to listeners' questions, Dan? Anyone else in the squad that you are particularly excited to uh, to see in action? 
I'm looking forward to seeing Will Will Rowlands get some game time, mm. some game time for Wales. I think the second row partnership uh, is for me. You know, Alan Wynne Jones. You know, we don't need to say anything there, do we? But Alan Wynne Jones uh, with Corey Hill seemed seemed to be the the partnership that really worked. And when we didn't have Corey Hill involved, we weren't quite the same. I think it hasn't quite worked with uh, with the other second rows coming in. So really looking forward to seeing Will Rowlands play with with Alan Wynne and also Seb Davis as well. I. I you know, he's been given another opportunity now, isn't he, in the Welsh squad? And I just really hope he takes it because he's a massive talent. But it's about, he, he needs to go up a gear now, doesn't he? So looking he does. forward. Absolutely yeah. needs to go up a gear. But I think, again, to, to go back to your initial point about rewarding form, I think he's played very well in, not just in the last two games, but I think he played very well in uh, the the games at the end of the at the end of last season uh, after lockdown was lifted. So I, I do think he's knuckling down and it's clear that, that Pivak rates his abilities and he's the kind of player who would fit into that, you know, fit into that mould of a, what Wayne Pivak wants from a, from a forward. So I do think that, that um, he has now, like you say, got to go up a gear. I imagine he's going to get his opportunities, but yeah, let's, let's stick with the second row down as we move on to have a look at some of the listeners questions and uh, we have got one here from, uh, let's go for this one first, uh, which is from Gareth Davis. In fact, the listeners' questions I'm picking, we've got Gareth Davis and Jonathan Davis, neither of whom are the, uh, uh, are the Welsh internationals, uh, I would, I'd say, just to point that out. No, but... I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure they are. <laughs> um, but this one is, has Pivak missed an opportunity to gel a future Rugby World Cup squad by including Alan Alan jones over Beard, Owens over D? Bigger over Sam Davis, etc. Okay. okay, so if we can break this down, you're gonna to have to remind me as we go along, Jeb. But go on. let's have a look at so Alan Wynne Jones. For me, Alan Wynne Jones had to be has to be included because we need to find we need to find somebody that can play a, a, alongside Alan Wynne. And I think second row is one of those positions where you need you need to have an uh, an older head in there to. You know, to, uh, to provide like the spine of the of the pack. You know, we know how. If you look at the sides, they've a lot of them keep older heads in second rows, don't they? And there's a reason for that. You know, look how long O'Connell stayed with, you know, stayed stayed with Ireland for, and, and you know, right rightly so. He um, he departed when he needed to. But Alan Wynne Jones is he's he was arguably getting getting better, wasn't he? Doing things that he couldn't necessarily. He's added um, different skill sets to his game, mm. and I think he ha- he has to be there. So no, I would I definitely have Alan Wynne Jones there over. Um, I mean, I I can't imagine ever dropping Alan Wynne Jones. I think he's going to leave on his own terms, and he know, wouldn't yeah. take it though, would he? He wouldn't um, if he yeah if he if you said to him, look, we're gonna we're gonna leave you out of you know we're gonna leave you out of something. I think he'd. he'd, he'd He'd hang up his boots for Wales then and there. That would be if you if you if you drop me or ask me to come down. I'm not. That's it now. I'm I mean, not. Imagine, imagine the headlines if you dropped Alan and Jones. <laughs> I don't think. I just don't think you could. Uh, you could ever do. I, I kind of see the point about Adam Beard. Um, but I think Adam I, Beard's I, been given. Adam Beard has been given cho- option. Uh, choice. Um, uh, he's been given goes, isn't he as well? Yeah, he has. And yeah, I think he's, again, he's not been in the best. 
the most mind-blowing form. I think he's shown some great glimpses and he's done a really good job for Wales at times, but I don't think he's necessarily in outstanding form. You know, if you were going to include Beard, you'd include him over Ball rather than Alan Jones, I think. And but again, you're losing a you know you're losing another ball carrier there. So I don't I don't think that was ever realistically an option. I don't think that's the end for Beard by any stretch. I just think he's going to you know again this is the time now go back show the Ospreys and uh, and everyone watching how much of an impact you can have for them. Have you know fill the boots of Alan Wynne Jones in terms of the impact that he has at the Ospreys. And that's you know, and that'll get you back in the Wales squad. So I don't think we've seen the end of it, but there's no way that you were ever going to pick Beard over Alan Jones. No, and I, I really like the second row, uh, the second row options we've got now. Yeah, I, I agree. So I'm that's, excited by it. Will Rollins again? I, I didn't see the the Wasps game, but by all accounts, had another fantastic, uh, fantastic shift for them. I think that yeah, a lot of people say now where he went. It's going to be very interesting. I think he's going to get a lot more game time for Wales this autumn. I, yeah, totally, totally agree. Totally agree. Um, what, what were the other... Um, so it was bigger... So the, and... the other ones, uh, again, I think to be fair to Gareth, his point here is more picking, you know, picking for the longer term rather than picking the names yeah. who perhaps won't be there at the next World Cup. The other point was okay. Owens over D, bigger over Sam Davis, etc. I think, I, to be honest, I think we've probably kind of covered both of those. Um when we were talking about the squad initially, but yeah, I think, I think the point is more about, about, yeah, taking the, maybe taking the less established, taking less established yeah. players then and, and build into the future. Yeah. I, I, I think we've got a, you, you have to get the mix, the mix, right. Don't you? And I feel with this squad bar, you know, bar the, bar what we've previously discussed or already discussed, I think it's pretty well spot on. There's a nice, there's a nice mix in there. We probably, well, we have picked more uncapped mm. players than than we generally tend to see. Um, so, and you've got you've got to have that mix, otherwise it just won't work, will you? Because we, we need to get some wins in there as well. So, I'm I'm yeah. I'm pretty happy with it. Absolutely right. Then the last one, Dan. This is a this is a hell of a one to finish on, especially when we've only got a couple of minutes of your time left. Really contentious question, I know. But do we have one or two clubs too many? Having watched another weekend of Pro 14 compared to the Premiership. I'm not convinced that the standard is good enough. I worry that the likes of Nick Tompkins' game will suffer due to the drop, and that one's from Jonathan Davis. How do you pick the bones out of that? For me, I, I worry that if we do go down to, you know, if we lose a pro side or we lose two pro sides, then where are, you know, where are the players going to play? Mm. Now, yeah, the the quality the quality is nowhere near as good as the, the Aviva, is it? Mm. Uh, it? It's, 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 it's miles off, but we've got a lot of, we've got a, you know, a lot of the Welsh boys that are playing in the, in the Aviva, are, you know, are, are outstanding. And I just fear for the long-term uh, game in Wales, really, if we go down to, if we went down to two, you know, two sides, I mean, I just, we we got to for me we got to get more more players playing, but that's probably uh, the the sort of the, the tier below needs to be needs to be completely transformed, doesn't it? For for more more players to be playing and, and get them out get them out of tracksuits. So I I I particularly don't want to see it, but I think no, that I, I don't, and I don't think now is the time for it either. I think now we are at a stage where we could be seeing a complete shake-up of, uh, of the club game. 
And I think things are going to be very, very different. So, you know, well, this is the time to, to do it as well, isn't it? We've got, you know, there's things in complete disarray. So we can actually make some, you know, changes all around us, isn't it? So we can make some further, some further big, big calls. But I, I on the actual rugby itself, I, I am looking forward to seeing more of the, you know, more of the, I suppose, younger players, less established players playing for the, play for the regions as well because this a lot of the Welsh squad are going to be away now for the well for the foreseeable aren't they for <laughs> forever yeah. no, and so exactly we're, we're going to see a load more a load more of the younger guys or players that uh, sort of you know tw- like like your um was it Kieran Williams is you know 23 seeing him play that's exciting that's exciting to me yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Uh, just one point to finish on then, which is a big thanks to Surrey Taff, who sent us in a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts as it is now. Uh, I won't read it all out, but it was very, uh, very complimentary. So a big thanks to you for doing that. And if you want to do the same, then we do really appreciate it. And we'll always give you a shout out if you do that. And I wasn't on last week, see. <laughs> you haven't been on. You haven't been on for the last thirty-two weeks, Dan. Or very rarely within that time. However, it has been uh, it has been joyous catching up with you. So thanks, uh, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us, Dan. And uh, yeah, thanks as always to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades. If you want to get your hands on some great quality coffee, including really good instant coffee, you can do that at SoCoffeeTrades.co.uk. Dan, I've even got some gifts that Scott has sent for you that have been sat at my house since February. That I, uh, I I do hope at some stage we're going to be able to get together and uh, and I can hand over. I've drunk the coffee, I know. but I have but I have got a hat and a, a mug for you. Oh, fantastic! I was keen to actually come down to see you this weekend, as you know, but mm. um, yeah, there are a few 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 things got in the way. So maybe, well, maybe next weekend if I uh, if if I get selected. Well, that's it. Yeah, you just have to keep putting these performances in, Dan, and we'll see how it goes. I know. Keep 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 training. Keep training and. Uh, <laughs> I'll be, I'll be there. Solid effort. Solid effort. Thanks, Dan, and thanks, uh, thank you for listening. No uh, Pro 14 or um, or Welsh club action next week, uh, but we have, of course, got internationals to preview. So make sure you don't miss that. We'll be back to chat rugby with you then. Thanks for listening. Podcast Network.